Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's up, everybody? This week's guest is Mike Fiore. Uh, Mike is an amazing dude, man. He's a uh, founder and CEO of Inspire to Inspire. He's one of the founders of the Sober app. Um, he is just one of the most inspirational, motivational people that I have found on social media. I uh, met him through a mutual friend, Tim Lodgen. And uh, yeah, I just, this is a really good conversation. I actually didn't edit out any of it. Uh, it's a long one, so stick around or come back or whatever. But uh, yeah, I thought it was just too valuable of a conversation to cut any out. So uh, yeah. Enjoy the show. It was a really good one. Hope you enjoy it. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Boom. Hey, everybody. I'm Rex. And I'm Rena. And this week, we got Mike Fiore. That how you say it? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Mike Fiore, uh, Inspire to Inspire in the Sober app. Um, he's going to tell us more about that, I'm sure. But, uh, man, Mike, it's great having you on, brother. It's uh, great to be on. I appreciate the opportunity to be on. I'm blessed to be able to be sober to actually have a conversation with people today. Right. One that will actually remember and will be coherent. <laughs> yes, that too. You know, it, the, the relationships are no longer transactional. You know, my relationships right. have substance now. And it, it, it's a beautiful thing. One of the many beautiful things that sobriety, recovery, I actually like to say drug free. It sounds sexier to me. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it brings a lot of great things. A lot of great gifts comes with it for sure. That's what's up. So, uh, yeah. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Like, yeah, most bit. definitely. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, my name is Michael Fiore, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, CEO and founder of Inspire to Inspire, as well as uh, the Sober app. Um, as far as war stories, I technically don't get into it. I lost. End of story. You know what I'm saying? I, 
it, it, the past for me is more for reference. I, I don't live there. One thing I do do, I do ask permission first. I do have a creed that I wrote for Inspire and Inspire. So before I do podcasts, if you guys don't mind, I'd love an opportunity just to read the creed real quick. Love to hear awesome. it. Yeah. All right, so the creed. The creed goes, we choose to be strong. Nothing will disturb our peace of mind. We choose to be a healthy example to every person we meet. We choose to look at the brighter side of life, regardless of the negative situation we are in. We choose to think of only the best, to work for only the best, and expect only the best. We choose to be enthusiastic about the success of others as well as ourselves. We choose to forget the mistakes of the past and to press on to the greater achievements of our future. We choose to wear a kind face at all times and to give everything Every living creature we meet a smile. We choose to give ourselves time to the improvement of ourselves and not to waste time criticizing others. We choose to be noble, to be too large for worry, to be greater than anger, to be stronger than fear, and to be resilient against the presence of trouble. This is what I choose. The reason I have the word choose in there so much is because this is a choice. The life that we live is a choice. Like uh, we don't get what we deserve. We earn what we deserve. So like technically, so my, my qualifications, right? My father was a heroin addict. He shared needles, got HIV. He died of AIDS in 2009. My mother contracted the virus from him. My mother was also an addict due to having cancer after cancer after cancer. She became a, you know, a pill addict just from that. Um, so there, it runs in the family as far as, my struggle, what made me go to drugs, I didn't have childhood trauma. I didn't, I didn't have that. I had a good childhood. My struggle was perception, right? So I was liked as a child. So, you know, we're not addicts because we use drugs. We use drugs because we're addicts, in my opinion. That's why there's gambling addicts. That's why there's eating disorders. The drug isn't the issue. It's a issue. You know, like when they teach you to fight and they teach you to punch, they teach you to punch through your uh, object. They don't teach you to stop at impact. A lot of times with getting off the drugs, I would stop at impact, meaning I think the drugs were my problem. So when the drugs were removed out of my life, I was still living the same way. It's the thinking that's the issue. It's how we process. It's how we analyze. You know, it goes way further than the drugs. So my issue was perception. So I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted to be everybody's friend. There's a great, great quote. A friend of everyone is a friend of nobody. You can't be everybody's friend. But in order for me to be everybody's friend, I had to become whatever it is I thought you would like or whatever it is that you, you showed you like. So that means I had to manipulate and lie and become that person for you because I wanted you to like me. So the manipulations and lies kept going and going. And then what we know what happens when one lie starts, you got to keep lying to keep that lie going. Came to the point where I looked in the mirror and I didn't even know who I was looking at no more. So I went like a whole year, year and a half without even looking in the mirror. I went to the bathroom and I walked back out. But what the drugs allow me, the drugs used to be the solution to the problem. It used to me be able to allow me to lie and be okay with it. The problem is the drugs just stopped working after a while. So the, the issue then became like, I didn't know who I was, so I was lost. So my ego had to be built, you know, and an ego for me is, you know, 
allowing me to be somebody I'm not and be okay with it. Because if you thought I had something I didn't have, I was okay with it. If you thought I had money, I didn't have money, I was cool with it. If you thought I was with a certain girl or this or that, that, that and I didn't have it, I was okay with it. Because what you thought about me was more important than what I thought about myself. So yeah. that's where the ego then came in. Because then, you know, this void that I think we try to fill ourselves with, with, with drugs doesn't work. So the next step was chaos. You know, I tried to fill it with chaos and then chaos didn't work. And no matter what I tried to fill this void with, nothing ever worked. And then what did start working for me was I, the, the self-love and I, and I get it. Like I live in a treatment facility, by the way. Like I, I detoxed yeah. off, uh, I detoxed off of methadone. I was high as 140 milligrams for 12 of the last 13 years. Um, I got drug free off the methadone on November 3rd of last year. I lost my mother and my best friend on Thanksgiving three weeks later after becoming drug free. And I don't know if you guys know about methadone. I went four months with no sleep. Like methadone is the, the, the street term in New York. I don't know where it is. They call it liquid handcuffs because once you get on it, they just keep up in your dose and up in your dose. And it's like pretty much impossible to get off of, you know, but like, self-talk right self-talk is the program that we install into our computer which is the brain so my self-talk had to change i don't say words like i'm impossible i break it into two words i'm possible right so what, what happened on thanksgiving this is where my life turned and this is where you know like i i live in the now moment like this is all that matters is what we do in this today that's only only thing that has value is today Yes, today is called today. It's not called yesterday. It's not called tomorrow. Yesterday is there so tomorrow could become better if we can learn the lessons from yesterday. But what we do today, what we did yesterday is only relevant if we do it again today, if it was something good. And what we do today is only relevant, you know what I'm saying, if we could then do it again tomorrow. So today's the only thing that has any kind of value to me. So when my mother passed away on Thanksgiving, my perspective changed because I used to think recovery, I had to change individual things in my life in order to be at recovery, right? Recovery was used to be a destination to me, not a journey. Meaning like if I had the girl, if I had the job, if I had the money, if I had the car, meant I was in recovery. What happens is I was making my identity things outside of myself. So when I would lose those individual things, I had no identity. You know what I'm saying? My identity, had to, I had to learn how to make it something that I can't lose. It's something I would have to give up. You know what I'm saying? So my identity and my recovery identity is not the amount of days I have clean because my ego is going to make me feed off of that. My recovery identity is just today, right? Because my ego is very, I have an ego and, and I know and I stopped lying to myself, right? My ego of like today something happened and it, it got difficult. My ego would come in and be like, well, you don't got to do the work today. You did it yesterday. You got five months clean. You got one year clean. Dangerous place for me to be, right? And then whose ego's best friend? Pride. So then pride is going to come in and be like, well, you don't have to do the work today. You could do it tomorrow. So like for the lack of a better word, I'm not that intelligent. I got to dumb shit down. So I got to make it real simple. And by making it just for today, and I hate that. I used to hate the cliches, but the, it, it, it's so true. Like if we could just get through the day today, right? So when my mother passed away on Thanksgiving, my perspective changed. So I realized that I don't have to change individual things in my life. All I had to do was change my perspective of life. Right. So like I, I don't 
tell people to find God because I don't look at Christianity as a religion. I look at it as a relationship. It's just my personal relationship with God. It's just my duty to let you know that he saved me. It's not my duty for you to go find him. You know what I'm saying? Spirituality is your relationship with reality at the end of the day. My relationship just has to, happens to be with God. Whatever you need to make your spirituality, make it because there's no longevity with it in this if there is no spirituality. So what I realized was things were happening for me and not to me. Because in active using, I took things real personal. I needed you to fix my life because if you didn't fix my life, I could blame you because I didn't want to do it myself. If I was in traffic, there's traffic because I'm rushing late somewhere. No, maybe because I didn't prepare and leave my house early enough. Maybe that's why I'm in traffic. You know, so like I started realizing once I changed my perspective and I made it things that happened for me and not to me, my mother's death, the woman that gave me life and birth gave me life and death you know what i'm saying it was a blessing because my mother was my plan b and when you have a plan b in life you don't go hard enough on plan a my mother was my crutch i didn't have to pay my rent i was always able to go back to mom if i didn't have money i could always go back to mom so when when God removed her from my life, he knew I was ready for it, right? He, and I had to find myself because now I don't have that crutch. So by finding myself, I learned to love myself. And loving myself is real hard because loving yourself is a commitment that you need to make to yourself. And I'm not good at commitments. The only thing I ever made a commitment to was the drugs. But once I made that commitment to drugs, it was by any means necessary. So then therefore I started seeing that my addiction is actually a blessing in the sense it showed me how to be successful in recovery and active use. And I was just on the wrong perspective. And, I, and I'll show you what I mean. Like our, our addiction is a trickster, in my opinion, a magician, right? Once a magician does a trick and you know the trick, it's not a trick no more. Like I know there's two people in the box. You're not sawing someone in half. So I'm not entertained by it. So what I needed to know was how my addiction plays tricks on me and how what I believe my perspective when my perspective allows me to believe is that our addiction takes our best qualities and makes us use our best qualities to make us think that we need our addiction in order to bring them out grit grit is doing something we don't want to do everything that we need in recovery we've been doing in active use and our addiction just tricked us you know what I'm saying I'm going to see my perspective on it right great doing something you don't want to do we didn't want to run our lives into the ground but we did it anyway we need that in recovery that same grit motivation when i woke up and i didn't have money i got drugs that day because i was motivated to get that drug need motivation and recovery determination when my first drug dealer didn't pick up i kept calling until i got my drugs we need determination and recovery critical <laughs> thinking i knew whose bags i could skimp i knew what blocks i couldn't walk down because i owed this one money we need critical thinking in our recovery even with my jobs i was critical thinking i would get a job set up an interview for another job two weeks after just getting a job because i knew i was going to get a paycheck get high and get fired and i needed to keep my addiction going so i had another interview lined up that's preparation at its best just on a different perspective courage we don't think we have courage we put drugs and we drink knowing it could kill us that's courage doing something knowing what the end result could be just like a soldier going to war he or she has courage because they know they could die but yet they're still going to fight and the last one discipline you know how much fucking discipline it takes to not have discipline in your life you know how much <laughs> meditation you know how much meditation it takes on the word i can't in order to start believing that you can't do something it's the same meditation that we need to say when we say I can. 
because I can is a fucking prison that we will always live in. I can is more like a passport success. So once my mother passed away, I started to see how temporary and fragile life is. And I started to really understand that my perspective equals my potential. How I look at anything is how I look at everything. Because I hated myself, because I was at war with the man in the mirror and the man within, I was always at war with the world. The world couldn't help me. You know what I'm saying? Once I started to learn to love myself and once the spirituality or me, for me, finding God, it allowed my mind and my soul to work in, in together. There was no more bondage. Once it starts working together, you see value in everything. So again, you're gonna hear me say the word perspective a lot by me suppressing pain with the drugs i prevented myself from feeling joy because you can't get joy unless you feel that pain by me suppressing sadness i never allowed myself to feel happiness because the drugs were suppressing what would have brought happiness on eventually by me not learning from my failures i was never going to be successful you know what i'm saying why do we like warm weather because we don't like cold weather so my perspective now sees everything has value everything even things i don't feel like i i i don't like in the moment i look at it now why don't i like it how much more effort do i need to put into it how much more energy do i need to put into it or maybe i see i might not have wanted something as much as i thought i wanted it so my perspective is what really got me to over that hump because my perspective that i don't worry I, I, I just don't. There's no need to worry. Worries and hindrance. You know what I'm saying? My addiction is what brought me to the darkness. But my addiction is also the reason why I'm in the light today as well. Because I'm able to learn so much from my 20 years of drug use. Change. Another thing with perspective. Change is inevitable. Stop. I stopped trying to prevent the inevitable. Because by trying to prevent the inevitable, I made my life harder. Change is inevitable. It's going to happen. So I stopped trying to change the past. And I made change building for the future. You know what I'm saying? Because change is always going to happen. Pain, it's always going to happen. But pain is how we water. Like if a plant needs to grow, it needs water to blossom. Pain is what helps us blossom. We learn everything. Anxiety. Anxiety is something that we all deal with. I needed to find a way to make me propel, like propel instead of regress. The best remedy for anxiety is get productive. So when I get anxiety, I get productive. Depression. Depression shows us who we don't want to be no more or how we don't want to feel i don't mourn my mother today my addiction wants me to mourn her i celebrate my mother by how i live today she walks with me with every step i move she's in my heart i'm gonna live my best life because unfortunately some of us have to die so others can live and that's just the reality of it so now i don't let anything bring me down my addiction is going to stay with me just like it did in the darkness he's going to walk with me in the light now and because my recovery remember my recovery could kill you and your recovery could kill me my recovery requires me to sit with people in their darkness because i'm selfish and what i mean by selfish is i need to know your experiences i need to know where you fucked up i want to know your triggers i want to know your cravings i want to know who you're around when you want to get high i want to know your people, places, and things, because there's so much I have not experienced through my addiction that maybe you have. And that's why the name of my company is called Inspired and Inspire, because we all have a something in us to help somebody else along on their journey. Our stories aren't our stories. And we're selfish with our stories. Our stories are meant to be heard because our stories don't lie in what we've done. Our stories lie in what we overcome, because who we are and what we did are two different things. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that we make 
facts and truths are two different things to me. Fact is, we're all speaking right now. The fact of that is going to change an hour from now. We're not going to be speaking. Fact is, yeah, I was a drug dealer. Yeah, I robbed from people. Yeah, I lived in cars. Yeah, I lived underneath. Uh, bridges. All of those were facts. I made those facts my truths. The truth is, though, we do recover. And when I would make my facts my truths, that's where I went wrong a lot. So, I, you know, just speaking with you guys, look, my perspective is everything. I've changed the way I thought. So once you change your world, the world around you changes and it becomes your oyster. And once the world becomes your oyster and you can see value and everything going on because we choose how things affect us. If you told me to go fuck my dead mother, if for it to bother me was my reaction to your words is what bothered me. Your words didn't slap me in the face. So what I started to realize is that I have the power of my emotions. I have the power of how I feel. I have the power of how I let my thoughts turn into actions because we could get two things with pain wounded or wiser a lot of us keep getting wounded by pain when we should be getting wiser from it we shouldn't become hot messes we should be getting better at life because life is like a pop quiz in my opinion the pop quiz is just the first day of school you get a pop quiz you're not meant to pass the pop quiz it's meant to show you what you need to work on that semester life's a little different life's not like school though First you get the test and then you get the lesson. School, you get the lesson and then you get the test. So how I succeed in life, because failure, we're gonna fail more than we succeed. Again, perspective equals potential. I find success in my failure. So success to me is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Success to me is when I do fall, I fall forward. I find the blessing, I find the lesson and I keep it moving because there's nothing I'm gonna allow bring me down today because like in my Creed, everything is a choice. The choices we make dictate the lives we live, to quote Shakespeare. You know what I'm saying? It's all about the next best choice, in my opinion. So just next best choice. Just keep doing, putting one foot in front of the other. We're all trying our best. I just think we get too hard on ourselves sometimes. And we make people's expectations of our best have to be what our best is in this moment. Their expectation is theirs. It's none of my fucking business what you think about me. When I make it my business, it's going to bring me down. And like I keep saying, my perspective is my potential. I will not let anything bring me down today because I'm the one that's in competition with myself. I'm not in competition with people no more. I'm not trying to be better than you. I need you to be your best so you could help me grow. So I'm going to help you be your best because in order to be number one at something, that means everyone else has to fail. Michael Jordan, he took a lot of championships away from people because he was the best. I don't want to be the best at anything. I just want to be better than who I was yesterday. What's up, man? <clears throat> Dude, uh, when, we were, when we were listening to your Instagrams and stuff, like you talking, and like <clears throat> when we were done, I, I, I was like, man, and she's like, what? And I was like, dude, I was like, I, I feel like I'm hearing myself. Like seriously, like if you go on my Facebook page and look at my company, because my company right now is Rex Shades Eagle Inc. Um, okay. I'm in the process of changing that. I just, it was kind of something that I did in the moment for my publishing company to get my book published. Um, but uh, man, dude, I love everything you got to say. Everything. I'm like, dude, I'm like, me and, me and you could sit down and talk for days. Like for real, like like if they put us in a room of fucking junkies, like everybody get clean. Because like you and I come at it from the same exact perspective. Like when, so I do have a lot of trauma. 
my whole story is trauma. Um, okay. Started, started like, dude, like literally, bro, when I was born, I wasn't able to shit because my asshole was too small. So they took me away from my family in New Jersey. Cause I'm from Glassboro, New Jersey, bro, South Jersey. Okay. Uh, and they took me over to Philadelphia to the hospital for a month to stretch my asshole. So like literally, bro, my life began with trauma. Then like, then like four months later, my parents had to give me up because my dad was an abusive. My father, my biological father was a piece of shit who beat me and her. And then like, I ended up when I was six years old, found out I was adopted. Uh, found out my Santa Claus wasn't real. And the woman who had become my abuser started beating the shit out of me and sexually molesting me for off and on for the next six years. Then when I was 12, I fought back. I got kicked out. That's when I turned to heroin. But by then, like she asked me the other day, she was like everything, weed, alcohol, everything, cigarettes. She's like, how long have you been using? I'm like, since I was six years old. Mm. I, started, I started like the first time I smoked weed, my older brother got me high, duct taped me and hung me on a coat hook. Cause they caught us peeking in the window, trying to look at him and his friends. So he's like, Oh, you want to get high? He's like, you want to hang out? And I, you know what I mean? Like with the beatings and the abuse, I drank or got high anytime I could. So, but I came to the same place and I came to the same place as you because of death, but it wasn't anybody else's death. It was my own. Okay. On October 27th, 2013. I took my own life with an intentional two gram overdose. I was only doing it, but I was, I was just chipping during that relapse, I was doing like maybe a quarter gram every two, three days of tar, different heroin out here than where you're at. Like you guys got powder out there. Yeah. There's no powder out here. It's clumpy. It looks like beer bottle glass or like uh kind of looks like old school hash. It's kind okay. Of um, and I, I did two grams and I, I overdosed and some friends revived me. I don't, I don't talk about it. I haven't really talked about it on the podcast yet, but uh, they revived me with meth. Mm. They, were, they were giving me CPR and like it wasn't working. I had done too much. And uh the girl that was there, she ran downstairs and she fixed up a 20 of meth and came up and shot me up and they gave me CPR until it I guess circulated enough to work like adrenaline. Okay. And I went to my probation officer the next morning and I was like, hey, I was like, she's like, what are you doing here? You're on the run. I'm like, I know. I was like, I, I need to go to detox and then I'll I want to go to jail. And she's like Oh, okay. So she took me to jail. They took my mug shot. I went to, went to the hospital. They did a check on me and went to detox. But when I, when I was sitting in the County, cause I, I knew the morning after, like within hours, I was like, cause I had gotten to the point where I couldn't stop. I was in a 27 year cycle of homelessness, addiction, and incarceration. I couldn't stop. Prison was like a health spa for me. I'd go for a couple of years, get healthy, get out and go right back to it. Cause like you, I thought the drugs were the problem. I thought mm -hmm. heroin was my problem. I didn't understand. And it took me years to realize this years of being off of heroin to realize that heroin protected me from myself. Heroin saved me from the world and from myself. Because if I didn't have heroin, I would have fucking killed myself. Like legit, I'd have slit my wrist, I'd have hung myself, ate a bullet, but I had something to take that away and take me to a place of nothingness. You know what I'm saying? You understand, you know, you live mm -hmm. there. And uh, I got to the point, brother, where I so I smoked DMT right mm -hmm. before my last relapse. And I think that that unlocked something in my mind. 
Like, up did. to that point, like I had had this little kid inside of me that it was, I, I, I say it was like this citadel, this tower that was built around me. And it was like all the pain and all the trauma and all the using and just everything built. And it had this one little wooden door and it had this one little rickety ass lock on it. And DMT just kicked that fucking door right in, bro. And all of that storm outside of that tower came in. So when I relapsed a couple of weeks later, for the last time, after 27 years of never failing me, heroin betrayed me because now I was high and these voices were still there. My self-talk was still there. You know what I'm saying? Like I was telling her, like we watched this thing yesterday that, and we talked about it. Like the reason I'm so willing to put myself out there is because there is nothing anybody can say to me, about me, for me, anything that I have not said to myself a million right. times worse, a million mm -hmm. times worse. You got nothing, bro. Bring it. I'm mm -hmm. from, in August, I'm coming up as a 21-year HIV survivor. Um, I, got needles. I, I got it from Sharon Needles in okay. Civic Center Park in Denver. And, uh, you know, I've been blessed. I, I'm undetectable, untransmittable. Have that, I say I'm on Magic Johnson status. Have been <laughs> almost the entire time. Um, I'm blessed. Even through all my bullshit, relapsing and using, like, I somehow... I'd always get busted just in time to catch those numbers before they got too bad. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I was sitting in county jail, I knew. I was like, I have to do everything different. And I had just come off of this relapse. I relapsed off and on for about 13 months, 16 months, something like that. But I had just come off of five years cleaning this over, working a solid program for most of that time until I started to get a little bit of resentment. And then I got like, but you said, like you were saying like, that ego got it. I got complacent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got years, bro. You know what I'm saying? I got a house. I got a wife. I got stepkids. You know, I'm doing great. I got a, I got a career. You know what I mean? And like, you said your mom was plan B. I'm presenting out in high schools to kids about drug prevention and awareness. And one of my part, what I talk about is a quote from Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Your, your mom passing was life punching you in the mouth. Like, yeah. there's your plan, bro. Now what? Now what? You know what I'm saying? Now you've got a choice to make. You can throw it all the fuck away and be like, oh, I got nothing to live for now. Or you can do what you did. You know what I'm saying? And you change your perspective. And that's what I did, bro. I started, I watched this little VHS cassette tape in county jail in group with these men who were watching Brene Brown videos and talking about how our parents didn't love us or they beat us or our siblings molested us. And Dude, these are hard-ass convicts who've done like 150 years combined. There's like 10 of us in there. And these dudes are bawling, crying. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, holy shit, these are these are men that I respect. You know what I mean? They were just addicts who did time because they committed crimes to support their habits. They weren't criminals. Mm -hmm. They were junkies trying to get by. You know what I mean? And they were people that I respected. And I'm like, holy shit, I can cry. Mm -hmm. before I didn't cry because I knew I told myself when I was like 13 years old after I got raped by two middle-aged men I said if you ever allow yourself to cry you will never fucking stop so crying's done we're going that so then I started crying and then we watched this little VHS tape of this like swarmy looking dude with a tweed jacket with a little elbow pads and, like he's all laid back all like 70s porn star looking dude and he's <laughs> talking about the key to success in life is your personal narrative. How do you tell your story, first of all, to yourself? Mm -hmm. and second of all, to the world. 
how do we present ourselves? For 27 years, I presented myself to the world as a victim. I never used the word victim. I called myself a survivor. Mm. I'm a survivor, bro. I'm not a victim. I'm fucking tough. I'm hard. Hard-headed, you know what I'm saying? That's the only thing that's hard around me. But I agree with everything you say. Like people are like when they talk about relapse or getting high or using as the easy way. Like clearly, you've never fucking had a drug habit. You've never mm-hmm. had a habit if you think that using is the easy way out. It's the comfortable route. It's the devil that we know. It's when we get to a place where that becomes an option, everything else is already out the window. Mm-hmm. Because we have gotten to that place where we talk to ourselves so horribly that we buy into the lie. We buy into the lie that this is going to solve anything. Anything mm-hmm. else. The only thing that it's going to solve is the relationships that you apparently wanted to end. You know what I mean? Or the job that you wanted to lose. These are the only things that's going to provide to you. So when I smoked that DNT and I relapsed that last time, I saw the lie for what it was. And when I overdosed it wasn't because i felt sorry for myself or anything else i saw no other way out of the cycle i knew that i would never do anything to end up in prison forever because that's just not me you know what i mean like i i don't do that i deal or i hustle or like i'll pawn stolen shit you know what i mean like i don't do mm-hmm. big product i'm not a stick up guy or a robber that's not me and it was the only option that i saw out but when i started to change my story with myself, I started to fall in love with myself. I started to be able to look in the mirror and because I sat with my pain, like you talked about it, you know, it was there with me in the darkness and it's there with me in the light. It's not going to go away. The trauma happened. But like you said, I realized that there's nothing, no matter how much I wanted, shot up at, did dumb shit at, hurt myself at, no matter what, I was not going to change one second of what happened. What I needed to do was figure out, okay, how can I turn my trauma into my teacher? Mm -hmm. How can I learn? And it's funny, bro. You just talked about uh, life testing you and then giving you the lesson and vice versa. Dude, I literally just posted a meme about that like a week ago. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I love it. He's on fire. You know what I mean? Like, I feel you though, bro. Eight and a half years in, man. I still wake up every morning. For one of my first thoughts is thank you, God, for me allowing too. me to wake up today. You know what I mean? I, I didn't come to, I didn't pass out last night. I wake up, I know where I am. I know who I'm next to. I know what house I'm in. I'm not like, oh fuck, what I do last night. You know what I mean? Or who do I owe today? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? How am I gonna get how am I gonna get well this morning? Because I was mm-hmm. I never I never saved to wake up. No, we never saved to wake up. No way. Yeah. I used to tell myself, if I wake up in hell with a wake-up left over, I'm going to be pissed that I left it behind. You know what I mean? Like, And I, I take that because when I was using, bro, I didn't give a fuck about anything but right now. I wanted mm-hmm. to be hot right now so that I didn't have to think about the past. I didn't have to worry about the future. You know what I mean? I just wanted to be in the moment right now in the land of not. That's where I wanted to be. And like, I wasn't even one of those junkies who like, like so high that he's like, you know what i'm saying like i used to just do enough just to shut everything up and read that was my escape i used to escape into books you know what i mean and but i'm with you man like dude once i changed my perspective and started to look at everything as a blessing 
that I'm still here. Dude, the first time I died, I was 15 years old. I died of a cocaine overdose. They brought me back. Second time I died, I was in an accident when I was 17 years old. Spent 73 days in a coma, eight and a half weeks in traction. I was in a motorcycle accident, almost died. I did die. I flatlined three times. You know what I'm saying? So like once I was sitting in that county jail and I'm like, what the fuck do I have to bitch about? Like, dude, if you would have told me at 40, when I was sitting in county 20 years ago, that I'd have been sitting trying to finally figure in my life out at 40 in county jail. The only thing I would have said is I'm still going to be fucking alive at 40. Are you mm. kidding me? That, <laughs> that would have upset me. That's it, that, that seriously. That's what I would have thought back then. You know what I mean? So I look at life now today as a gift, bro. I seriously do. I love every single day of my life. I love God. You know, I started posting about that recently. You know, like, bro, you don't ever have to be ashamed of God about me. I tell people, you know, when, when I used to be a sponsor, or like when I spoke in meetings, uh, and people would be like, oh, I can't really get over the whole God thing. It's like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, what was your, what was your God of choice that brought you to this room? You know what I mean? I know my, my God was heroin, and I was a devout worshiper. No Christian mm -hmm. devotee had anything on me. You know what I mean? I was there every single day at the altar, whether I was using or not. I was still a worshiper to my addiction. So to think that there's something positive, maybe, that could have my good intentions, that's going to take the positive energy that I put back and give it back to me for not being a piece of shit anymore. I'm good with that. I can believe in that. You know what I mean? And uh, But I've always been a spiritual person, even when I was using there was a lot of guilt there, you know, come being raised Catholic, about <laughs> 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 being, being a junkie and a Catholic, you know, but man, so tell us about, uh, I don't really, it's not, I got an iPhone, we got iPhones, so the sober app isn't available for iPhone, is it? No, I'll send you guys a link. At first, it was only available for the Apple store, and then we had to give you the browser for Android. Now it's available in Google Play and the uh, Apple store. So I can send you guys the link once, you know, we're done with the Zoom. You could check. Basically, the, the, what we did with the sober app was uh, we made all the amenities that us and addicts and recovery need into one place. We got people with established platforms. We got PDF books, audio books written by addicts. We got life coaches, recovery coaches certified that could even give you the class that are on there. Motivational speakers like myself are on there. Um, you got tracking, meal prepping, yoga, meditation, communities, you know, everything in one place. So what we did was get people that already had established platforms and just brought it to one app. Where all you got to do, and then we do something called Sober Uncovered, where we let people tell their stories. Because to us, to, we think our stories are all weapons of mass destruction against our disease. Because the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's not recovery, it's connections. Because it's not what you know in life, it's who you know in life. And that's with everything. You know, and you are the average of the five people that are closest to you. When I was using, I had five people that were worse off than me. So they would make me feel better about how fucked up my life was because it wasn't as fucked up as yours you know so now i have people in my life that are doing better than me because i need a real friend a real friend is going to challenge you a real friend is going to call you out on your shit a real friend is not going to let you just go throw your life away you don't need yes men in your life or yes women in your life you need someone to be like yo mike you're doing good but you know what you could step it up a little bit because validation is beautiful don't get me wrong we all love it but we're not always going to get it so again perspective equals potential i found validation in hate 
I find it in hate because the more you do in life and the better you get, especially being in a place like I'm in a treatment facility, you're hated when you're doing well because you make people feel uncomfortable about what they're not doing with in their life. So when I get hate from people, it shows me I'm doing good because my addiction is not going to stop just because I took the drug out of my life. My addiction is going to come at me through people. It's going to come at me through feelings and it's going to make me speak to me because I agree with you. I used to speak to myself in a way if someone is street spoke to me like that i punch him in their fucking face but i yeah. it was okay for me to speak to myself like that so i allowed other people to speak to me like my loyalty today has an expiration date what i mean is if you're not moving the way i'm moving i'm real protective of my energy today if you're not moving the way i'm moving i'm gonna have to leave you behind but i'm gonna leave the door open for you to be in my life because i from what i get from the bible because i don't do 12 steps i got the bible you know for me i think the 12 steps to help you to find a spiritual awakening and find whatever higher power it is that you need to find. And I have, I go to the rooms, I go to NA, I go to AA. And another reason why we created Inspire and Inspire and the Sober app, I don't agree with some of the things. I don't agree with taking people's voice away, whether they're high or not. You know what I'm saying? We already got society taking our voice away from us. Why do I have to come to a room? If I'm high, I can inspire the person with 20 years clean and make them remember the pain and desperation it took to make their lives get better by me speaking while I'm high. Because when I was high, that's when I spoke the fucking truth to tell you the honest. You know what I'm saying? When I was high, I said the, the real shit. You know what I'm saying? When I wasn't high, that's when I isolated and I would get in the corner. I wouldn't want to say shit. And then the person with 20 years clean could show the one that's getting high that this is possible because I just want people to come to me. I just want people and let them know that they're safe with their stories. I speak to thousands of addicts worldwide through my company. And the greatest accomplishment I have achieved in my life to this point is to get a total stranger to tell me their secrets and their darkest moments and feel comfortable with telling me that because they know I'm not going to put it out there. You know what I'm saying? That's my greatest accomplishment in life. Sobriety, recovery, all good. My greatest accomplishment is to allow a total stranger to reach out to me and feel comfortable enough to tell me those things because I remember isolating. Like our addiction wants us to isolate because it speaks to us in our own voice. That voice that we're used to hearing in our head, our addiction speaks to us. And I got example. Like you ever come up with a scheme or something in your head or from people that aren't addicts, the enemy, the devil, whatever you want to call it, and it sounds so fucking Gucci in your head, but then you go to tell somebody and you can't get the words out of your mouth? It's because your addiction was playing with your thoughts. When you isolate, it's a, it, we allow it to manipulate our thoughts. But when we say things out loud, when we're making the connection that you and I are making right now, it doesn't like this because I could say something to you. You might not be able to identify with it, but I might make say something that make you remember something that you forgot. And it might make me like, oh shit, I, now I remember this or I remember that. So the more we speak to each other, the more we learn from each other. Because again, Inspired and Inspired is about helping someone on their journey. God is not... He's not cruel. You know what I'm saying? He's given us all something to help someone else on their journey. So for me, the more people I help on their journey, the more they could help on their journey, thus inspire to inspire. And the more they help, or the more people that would be able to find me to help me move along on my journey. Because that's what this all, because I ain't shit. My story's not mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I used to be real, like, probably like you too. I used to be real self-centered and selfish. Now it's selfless. 
I give all of me to people and I give it to the point where if you take advantage of me, I don't get upset with it because I've done it to people. I have compassion for people. I've been where people are right now. Not everyone is in the light and I could tell who's in the light and I could tell who's in the darkness, right? You could have the nice car, the nice girl, the nice boyfriend, the nice job, the nice clothes. And I could see that you still feel fucking disgusting underneath that because I know what the fake smile looks like. I know how it feels to walk down the street and not look people in the eye. I know how it feels to keep my head underneath my shoulders when I walk. I know how it feels to feel like I don't deserve anything because with God, the reason I stopped speaking to him is because I only did foxhole prayers. God, please get me out of this situation. I promise you I'll, I'll, I'll change my life. And every time he got me out of one of them, I was already thinking about the next cop. So I didn't feel like I was worthy of enough. You know what I'm saying? And then how could he answer prayers if we're not praying? So now, again, with the perspective equals potential, I had to step out of my own way and just let life happen. So people are always asking, well, how'd you step out of your own way? So I had to find ways how we step out of our own way. I stopped asking the question, who am I? Because I don't know if we are ever going to answer that question. Because I don't even know how we could be cynical about ourselves. We don't even know ourselves good enough to be cynical about ourselves, first of all. And then asking the question, who am I? When I want to come up with an answer, you know where our minds go when we have to make up our own answers for shit. And then I stop asking what I want. Because I don't know what I want. I know what I don't want, though. So I focus on not doing the things that bring the stuff in my life that I don't want in my life no more. That's me stepping out of my... I don't know how to do recovery. I know how to fuck it up, though. I know how to blow shit up. I'm a massive destruction. So I just don't do the things that my past has showed me. Blueprint, abstract. I just don't fuck up no more. And the best advice I've ever gotten was take your time and go even slower. And I know as an addict, we hate take your time. But yet then we ask for second, third, fourth, fifth. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Six chances. What are those? Those are time to either show that we're better than what we were or show that we could be capable of doing more. We ask for time, but yet we don't want to give time time. You know what I'm saying? That's the perspective. We still are trying to do this shit our way. Give up your way. Surrendering is the first step, like they say. Surrendering and forgiveness, in my opinion, forgiveness isn't a free pass. Forgiveness is accepting what you did, taking accountability, let that accountability lead to humility. When it leads to humility, then it'll lead to acceptance. And when you could accept what you did and understand that you have the power to make it better, things change. And I was with you with the crying. The weakness is not crying. The weakness is not showing feelings because there's a great quote, um, tears are raindrops to the eye so the soul could see a rainbow. Every time I cry, I feel better about what it was. But when I was angry and I would express anger, I never felt better. When I complained and I complained, I never felt better. I make my backyard my front porch. Whatever I did, when you get to meet me, you get to know the good parts. You get to know that I live in a treatment facility, that I abuse drugs, that I robbed from people, that I stuck people up, that I was the type of addict that would steal your money and fucking help you look for it. I was a fucking degenerate menace to society. Those are the good parts about me because our floors don't depreciate our value. They give us value. A 1922 penny with a floor in it is worth $1,000, a penny. Then is a penny made to perfection. How much is it worth? A fucking penny. Perfection is an illusion. There is a set value with it. There's no growth in perfection. I don't want to be uh, perfect. Practice doesn't make perfection. Practice makes improvement. Improvement brings progress. Progress brings happiness. You know what I'm saying? It's all about growth. It's all about the next step. It's all about making the top of one mountain, the bottom of a bigger mountain, and just keep going. Because when this shit is a destination, it's no good. Because once we get to a destination, we get comfortable we get complacent i it just can't I'm, I'm happy it's a journey because now it's every day i can get a little bit better if i don't hit my mark because i really don't like to say failure when i don't hit my mark i get to learn how i could be better and how i could better myself because this this recovery shit it, it, it's a beautiful life to live but it's not about wanting it wanting it's not enough needing it it's not enough believe in it is what you need because once you believe it it exists just like we believe the drugs would help our lives and we kept doing it we believed in the drugs even when they stopped working you know what i'm saying so why can't you believe in something you don't see martin luther king with faith it's like taking a step without seeing the staircase you know what i'm saying i compare it to amazon first you got to buy the product in amazon you don't get to try to close on you don't get to try out the electronics you buy it then you get the product if you don't like the product you can give the shit back recovery faith life you have to buy into it first then you get the product if you don't like recovery you can give the shit back the streets ain't going nowhere the drugs ain't going nowhere misery ain't going nowhere fucking depression it's all out there waiting for you if you want to go back to it but you're never i'm not going to have shit of what it could is when i die i'm just not i'm not going to be the greatest story to never be told and that's what happens when we don't live our dreams we become the greatest story to never be told my story is going to be told you're going to know who the fuck i am and it's not maybe it's a little bit ego because i do think we need a little ego in life in order to get over things but my ego isn't arrogance where i'm better than you my ego is to i don't even want to say fuck you to the people that said bad things about me because in reality what they said was true 
I was that type of person when they said it. So I don't want to be like, look, fuck you, look at me now. The person I'm saying fuck you today is the one 20 years ago that said I couldn't do this, talking about myself. The one that said I wasn't worthy, the one that said I was a degenerate, or the one that just kept me in the darkness. I'm saying fuck you to him today and watch what I do today. That's who I'm in competition with. And that's who that's all we should be in competition with. I don't want to be better than people. I want you to be your best so you can help me be my best. With you. Absolutely, man. Like, I feel you, bro. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I love what you say about connection being the opposite of addiction. Um, and we, we believe this also. Um, Gabor Mate talks about... Um, it, he, he terms it dislocation, when people are dislocated. Um, and, and I think this hugely feeds into this concept of not belonging and addiction loves it. Addiction will just play, play, play on that to just keep you going. Um, so I really love that. And I love that your app is about bringing everything together because that's the antidote, right? That's the connection, mm -hmm. everything right there. Um, so that's amazing. Um, I, I honestly don't know a lot about recovery outside of the 12 steps. Um, and I'm in, I'm in recovery as an adult child of an alcoholic and a dysfunctional family. So it looks a little bit different than the 12 steps. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the, the powerful parts for me and, and what is so moving is when we hear things that are the same in everybody's different stories, they're like these nuggets of light that just go zing. And you're like, yup, yup, yup. And you just know truth, truth, truth when you hear it. Um, so I'm just thrilled to hear um, a different perspective um, that shares so many of the same foundational pieces, you know, the, um, the, the changing your narrative, the change of perspective, you know, um, the connection to a higher power, whatever that looks like for you, but figure out a way to make that happen. Um, mm -hmm. the same thing in story after story that, that the things that work. Um, so yeah, I'm really, it's, it's really exciting to hear, to hear work that, um, has a new framework, has a different, um, a different slant to come to come at it mm -hmm. and uh, you know i i kind of uh so the first I, I first time i got sober was january of 2006 and um i relapsed in january of 2012. Uh, well I, I started doing drugs again in 2012. i went i was in a full-blown relapse for a year without ever getting high um i was totally living in addict behavior addict mentality mm -hmm. and hustling just yeah it was all that um but the first five years, I was fucking Joe AA. I was a big book thumper, mm -hmm. <laughs> hardcore. Like uh, I traveled around the country speaking at conventions and conferences. Like I was all about it. And then I relapsed because, you know, like here's the thing I will never speak bad about 12 step recovery. But for myself, I'm like you. Like I don't ever want recovery to be a destination. Like, I don't even yeah. consider myself in recovery anymore. I'm recovered. I healed my okay. trauma. Like I, you know, I love Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob. I think that they are like fucking Jesus and Mary brought together by God. You know what I mean? Like I believe mm -hmm. that, that 
that meeting, that connection that was made in that woman's tea room, you know, however many years ago, be between a alcoholic sales stockbroker and an alcoholic ass doctor who just couldn't figure it out. And they just started talking. And somehow they figured it out just by talking and connecting and sharing. So I'm, I'm with you, man. Like people talk about like, oh, the opposite of addiction is this. And that's like, no, it's connection. Connection. Mm -hmm. Because people who are connected that have a loving, uh, supportive support system, people who are behind mm -hmm. you. Like you said, you know, like you surround yourself with people who are doing better than you now so that you have something to look up to. I was the same way. Like I thought I was king shit, you know what I mean? Because I had all these other little junkies that I used to hook up and stuff. I'm like, oh, at least I ain't got it that bad. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I might have it that, but it ain't that bad. You know what I mean? Like today, my complete perspective. Like today, I love my life. I got it good, but I ain't got it that good. It could be mm -hmm. better. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm the same as you. Like I, I, I got a thing. It's like one of the things on my business page on Facebook. It's like shows this dude looking in the mirror and it says, this is the only person you should ever compare yourself to. It's who you were yesterday. You know, mm -hmm. that's it. And like you said, you need to compare yourself in a negative way. You should just be like, like you said, you don't like to say failure. You just didn't achieve what you wanted to that day. You didn't reach that mark. You know, that's a beautiful way to look at it. He's like, I was a failure for 27 years. I'm not a failure anymore. I am a success. Every single second that I ain't got a fucking needle in my arm or the effects from that needle is a success. That's why, you know, like people ask me, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I tell them better than most, but not as good as some. No. You know, like I tell people like I fucking they'll be like, oh they I like that man. I am winning even when I come in last. Like the, the race is won. You know what I'm saying? Like no. this is that party. Like I am just enjoying the rest of my life. You know what I mean? And like when I first published my book and was getting it published and was like trying to make a social media presence, I was trying too hard. I was like really, really trying, you know what I mean? And then I kind of stepped back and I was like, ah. And so people were like, hey, they want to do a podcast. You got a story, you're a good talker, you know. I think people want to hear what you got to say. So we started doing it, man. And now, like, since I got out of my own way, like you said, you know, how do you get out of your own way? I like I had this sponsor in my old my old home group was in the Boulder, Colorado AA club. Boulder, house. yeah, I've been there, I like Boulder. Yeah, I lived there for a long time. That was my that was my using grounds for almost okay. 20 years, man. Uh and uh I fucking there's all these signs, one day at a time, blah, blah, blah. But there's two that always made me think. One I loved and one I didn't understand. One said, when you don't feel close to God, guess who moved? Mm. And the second was, it said, think, think, think. Other than that upside down, right? No, no. Did they have one of the words, think upside down? I seen one of those. No, I never saw that one. This was just okay. the two and for years, it wasn't until after I relapsed and I had this new sponsor, I said, man, you got to tell me about this sign. He's like, oh, I said, if, if our mind is a dangerous place and we're not supposed to go alone, then why are we supposed to think, think, think? And he's like, no, 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 you're misunderstanding. He's like, first thought, wrong. Second thought, wrong. Third thought, maybe. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, oh, you know? and like, that's how I get out of my own way now. Because immediately, like, I'm a hustler. I've lived on the streets in South Jersey since I was 12 years old, bro. Homeless. Living, I was the first homeless person in my hometown. Like, you know, you're from New York, bro. It doesn't matter. You can go to the suburb. Them kids are hustlers. You yeah. know what I mean? They're, they're, they're getting it in. And so now my hustle, I, now I hustle life in a positive way. I've just taken yeah. all the tools that I had from supporting my habit and I use them in life now. 
I still got multiple revenue streams going. I'm always, you know, I'm selling t-shirts or I'm working or I'm doing this, you know what I mean? And uh, now oh, I totally lost my train of thought. It's all right. Yeah, it's like positive manipulation now. As oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oxymoron. Yeah, I just changed how I look and how I interact with my life. You know what I mean? Like nothing's bad now. I still struggle with traffic. It's funny you brought that up. <laughs> I okay. still get <laughs> stupid driving. But it's crazy. But uh, man, dude, this has been such a good conversation. I'm so glad that I yeah, just happened, I to, I happened to catch you talking to Tim one night. Oh, Tim's my guy. Me and him spoke in Philly together. Uh, me and him kind of do a live on the weekends, you know, when uh, because I'm getting ready to move to Cali. You know what I'm saying? And, um, once All I that. graduate, I, I promised mom I graduate here. So, like, uh, I was on tour. I was in Indiana, Cali, or Michigan lined up. Colorado, I'm going to be out there in not too long. Um, Vegas. Uh, I, Black Hawk, I think it's the, the first stop, but that's like all the way up there. I think that's where I'm going to be staying. Where I'm going to be speaking, I think is Boulder. The person that reached out to me is uncles like wardens at like uh, prisons and stuff like that. And, you know, so like Michigan, I'm speaking at prisons and jails and high schools. Cali, they're waiting for me. I got like 45 facilities lined up um, because of just the way that the message is delivered. You know, there's a lot of us that are saying the same shit. But uh, just some of us are able to reach people differently than others, you know, and, you know, that's just I don't make videos on uh, like certain things. I just make what I'm going through that day. And you had spoken about connection like ill will is one of the five hindrances of life. And the reason it's a hindrance is because we don't see the interconnectedness between us. We see difference in skin color, religion, sexual orientation, everything that the enemy wants us to see. But our addiction is not doesn't discriminate it's not racist it doesn't care if we are going to lose our kids it doesn't care about any of that so then why are we then making it a, a problem that because you look different than me or you pray to a different god or you have a different sexual you can't help me that's what the media is great at doing i, I don't watch television i don't i haven't watched television in eight months it's a fucking distraction i just don't do it and like you were saying in the past like the past is a beautiful thing. Like, I don't even look at my, my past as a failure. I look at my past as necessary. My past is necessary in order for me to get to where I need to go tomorrow. I used to think my past was a knock. No way. Like, I'm blessed to be an addict. I am grateful that I'm an addict in recovery because my appreciation for life is way greater than anyone that's ever picked up a drug because I've hit rock bottom. And sometimes you got to lose everything in order to appreciate anything. So by by losing everything, I appreciate what's on my plate today. And the one thing that's on my plate that I appreciate more than anything is life. The, the opportunity that I get when God opens my eyes up, because it's the only thing that's not in my control. So ever since I started to appreciate just the gift that life is, you know, they have that thing, you know, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, today's a gift, that's why they call it the present. You know, like the, the, the gift that today brings, I've gotten so appreciated for it that how could God give me anything more if I can't appreciate just the, the gift of life?
So since I started to appreciate the gift of life, everything he gives me is a surplus. And they say this is a life beyond your wildest dreams. And it's 100% true. So for anyone that's watching this in recovery, stop dreaming what recovery could be because you're selling yourself short because there's no fucking way that you would be able to make this shit up. So just allow it to happen for you. And one of the things I live, I love quotes. You know, it helps me, you know, understand. Oscar Wilde has a quote, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Like I tried to be everybody else but myself. Nothing against people you're comparing yourself to, but you're selling yourself short. You are never going to know who you are unless you get out and fear. Fear is another illusion that the enemy, devil, addiction create. Fear is never present in this moment. Fear is either something that happened in the past that you think is going to happen again, or something that you think is going to happen in the future, but it's not happening in this moment. It, and then there's an acronym, right? Two different acronyms, face everything and rise or face everything and run. Like fear is an illusion. Allow it to just be a mirage and go away because there's healthy fears, you know what I'm saying? Like a boxer want to lose its title. He'll train hard. Fear that you're going to get on your fucking deathbed and look back and be like, I just wasted a whole fucking life. Fear that and then live today so you don't have to fear that later on. Because that's all I do. Like, if you want to change your past, a lot of us want to change our past. I found a way for you to change your past. Tomorrow, today becomes the past. You make today better, you start making your past better. You make today better. Tomorrow, looks more promising. So now if I made a bet with you that you're going to wake up tomorrow, even though it's not guaranteed, I'm going to win that bet more times I'm going to lose. And if I do lose the bet, you're not even going to be here to collect. So just understand that tomorrow live like you're going to have a tomorrow. Because I used to hate what the word tomorrow represented. Another day of pain, misery, suffering. I wrote suicide letters. I just didn't have the balls to kill myself. I remember cutting up cocaine and crying because I didn't want to fucking do the cocaine. But yet I still sniffed it. That's what normal people that aren't addicts don't understand. Because even though my life is great, I'm not even going to lie to you. The door comes in my head. You know why? I used to really enjoy living out of my fucking car. I had no responsibilities. I loved standing on the, going underneath a tree, smoking my weed, sniffing my coke. And my life is great. But yet I still get the thoughts of missing that life because I'm clean today. I know if I go out and use, the drugs will be fun right now. If I go out there and do drugs, they will be fun because I'm clean today. But then I got to run the tape in my head. Yeah, they'll be fun today, but then what are they going to be a week from now? Because I'm going to lose all of it. So what I'm trying to say is thoughts are only thoughts. When we make them reality, then they destroy us. You know what I'm saying? We will never be able to stop these thoughts from coming in our head. And us trying to stop those thoughts are going to make it real difficult for us to understand that the thoughts are just thoughts. We're going to think that we're doing this wrong because recovery is not a right or wrong thing. It's a fall and get up thing. When I made it right or wrong, every step was critiqued. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Am I doing this right? We're not at ease. The human brain, everything, the, the soul works best when it's at ease, when it's working together. So when you make it a fall and get up thing, when you do fall, you fall forward. So like in the metaphorical sense, falling forward is like when you're climbing up a mountain, you're leaning forward when you're climbing, you're not walking straight. So when you trip, you fall forward, learn the lesson, see the blessing, understand that when you ask God for strength, current and wisdom, he doesn't snap his fingers. He puts you through tests that are going to build the strength 
the courage, the wisdom. The devil's temptation is a test from God. So you're getting your power from the source. You pass that test, he will bless you. You take one step towards him, he takes three towards you. He moves mountains quicker than you will ever understand. It's not meant for me to understand his wisdom. So I stopped saying, why'd you take my mother? Why this? Why that? When things happen, I say, Thank you. He sees things we don't see. He hears things we don't hear. So when people are removed out of your life, understand he's removing them out of your life because maybe they're not going to allow you to get to where you need to go in life. Stop cursing him and start thanking him because he's protecting us. Look at you. How many times we should be dead 30, 40 times you and I over, but we're here. And we're here for a reason. And it's to tell our stories. And I you know what I'm saying I love interacting with people like this because we shouldn't be here. We really shouldn't. And the yeah. fact that we are is what makes me appreciate. And I'm so blessed to be able to appreciate life because for a long time, I fucking hated life. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I have the tattoo right here under my, right over my heart. That's a, it's a heart with a crown and a rosary. And it says God's grace. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing that kept this heart beating. Because if we got what we deserve, we'd be in a fucking dumpster or we'd be in prison for the rest of our lives or we'd be rotten, maggot food right now. Like, that's where we would be. That's what I deserve. It's not what I deserve today. Today, I, I, I deserve my place today. You know what I mean? Like, you earned I, it. You earned it. I'm, You're I'm, earning I'm, it. I continue to earn it. I'm not a taker anymore. You know, I love your creed, bro. I have a, I'm a big seven habits guy. I love seven habits. Okay. Oh, that's my book, man. Uh, I love that book. I actually did the uh, I did the course um, in prison, and uh, okay. Franklin Covey certified. I'm uh, I'm all about it, but in there you either have to write your eulogy or your mission statement. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. my mission statement's four words. That's an acronym: soul, service, obedience, understanding, and love. You know, I like I wanna, that. I want to seek to always serve, and I want to always obey the tenets of God, which is the tenets of my heart. Because God speaks to us through our heart, through our gut. I believe that. There's every, I can look at every single time I've been busted and gone to prison. It's because I ignored my gut. My gut was like, ah, don't pawn that. Ah, don't yeah. go smoke that. Ah, don't do this. And I'm like, ah, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. You know, but then I'm like, well, maybe that's the universe trying to warn me that something's happening. But God stepping in and being like, nah, that's all right. Because I never got arrested. I got a rescue every time. Mm, Every single like time they put black cuffs on me, it was a rescue. I was not getting arrested. And, you know, I'm with you, man. Like, I, 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 I look back on my life and I'm like, thank you. You know, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I like movies and uh, I'm, I'm a big M. Night Shyamalan fan. That okay. movie, uh, Split. Oh, yeah. With all the personalities. <laughs> with all the personalities. Yeah. When yeah. he's trying to when he's ripping, when he's bending the bars and he's coming after her and then he sees the scars on her belly and he's like, oh, he's like, you know, you understand. You've been blessed with pain. Like, bro, we're lucky. Mm -hmm. You know, look, look at the prophets in the Old Testament, man. They didn't have it fucking easy. Look at Yeshua. Look at the master. He didn't have it easy. You know, I just read this thing today and it was like, I, this, this person put a meme and it said, I used to joke about what if I... I knew I only had one day left to live that I'd get crazy and get high and go nuts and do all this. And then it hit me. Jesus knew and he washed feet. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I'm gonna go, if I had 24 hours, I'm going out like Jordan. I'm going out on top. I'm not getting high. And when you say that, look what I have next to me. I got the guided <laughs> journal. 
I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so like it, it, it's no wonder we have the same perspective, the paradigm shift that happened and and all of that. Like, it, I, I would love for you to send me the uh, the link to your book. I want to put it on the app. You know what I'm saying? I want to get people to know That's the true. thing. I, I, I'll promote it on my TikTok. I'll promote it on my, my Instagram. You know what I'm saying? TikTok, I have a lot bigger of a following than uh, on Instagram. The TikTok recovery community is just magnificent, even though Instagram is as well. But yeah, I'm going to speak to my partners. I'd love for you to have like a, a section with your podcast on the app, they'll reach out to you. You know what I'm saying? We'll get you on the app. So now every time you put out an episode, you know, people that go to the app can find you and see your whole, and then you do like a two, three minute video of saying who you are and you know what you're about. I would love for you to become on the app. If you know, if you'd be willing. Man, dude, I, I'm, dude, I like, mom, I had like a heat rush. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, like back on my neck's tingling. Like, bro, I just put a post yesterday. I was like, and I think this is part of the reason that I haven't like really kind of taken off on social media yet is because so Brahman, I'm an, I'm a minister. I, okay. I, I, I studied uh, when I was in prison, I did a two year uh, correspondence course through Emmaus Bible college. Um, and uh, I'm ordained and I, I, I went to school for religious studies, philosophy, focusing on uh, Judeo-Christian Islamic faiths and indigenous tribes of North and South America and Europe. Okay. And uh, I believe that there is no one path to God. That I think the, the example is given in the Bible. Okay. The people of Babel, they built a tower because they wanted to reach God. Right. So God was like, he's like, y'all motherfuckers get together. He's like, you start trying to figure too much shit out. He's like, bam. So he scattered the nations and he confused the languages. So what that did was that created a multicultural world where hundreds if not thousands of cultures over the last however many thousands of years we've been here have had to understand and create their own understanding of god okay if you look at every religion except for maybe like satanism they all have the same tenets put god first don't kill each other don't steal don't lie don't sleep with your dude's woman don't sleep with your girl's dude you know what i mean like mm -hmm. honor your family honor your parents these are like things that are like basic fundamental like moral law you know what i'm saying this is the law that god wrote on our hearts you know what i mean there's the mosaic law for the children of israel there's the law that jesus gave us you know he added to the law he didn't fulfill the law he added to it he said mm -hmm. I, they said what's the greatest commandment he said love your god with all your heart mind spirit and soul and he said second to this is love one another you know what I mean? That's all it's about. If you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four are about loving God. The other six are about just being cool with each other. It's all mm -hmm. it is. You know what I mean? But like, there's a there's a scripture, uh, James three one, that says, "Not all of you should be teachers, because teachers are held more accountable. They're judged more strictly." So, I've been ordained for twenty years and I've ignored it. And I can't mm. ignore it anymore, man. I'm having dreams about it. Um, connecting with people who are like-minded and who are also, like, I don't really consider myself a Christian. I try to be Christ-like. You know what I mean? Like, Christianity is, like you said, it's a relationship. It's a chosen relationship mm. with a dogma that you want to live by. I don't want a dogma. Like, my book is called No Love. Okay. To, to know God is to know love. To know love yes, is, is to know God. You know what I mean? And that's what 
I, that's all I want my life to be about is to know love because love saved my life. You know what I mean? Love the and bring wisdom too. The master saved my soul 2000 years ago. Like love saved my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but I dude, could definitely, I, would, I could definitely help you bring your social media presence up. I, I you know what I'm saying? I, I have something building a pretty large platform. We could do lives, you know, once every week, once every two weeks and my following can understand, you know what I'm saying? What it is that you're about. And then you could steal my following in, in the sense of, you know what I'm saying? They, they'll push over to you. If you don't have TikTok, I remind, I recommend you no, make one, you know what no, I'm saying? So I, all right, so like TikTok, like you can make like a 60 second video and tag me and then I'll duet it. Usually when I duet people, they get anywhere between two and 5,000 followers within the next two, three weeks. You know what I'm saying? It's and and it's, it, it's crazy because I got 10,000 followers in two months. I had nothing for a while. And then all of a sudden when once mom passed away, uh, everything just started to really... God really just opened the gates and it was like, you know, like you, like you said, you know, like in order to be a leader, you got to know how to follow. Right. So like I became a follower of people, people that are doing better than me. And that led me to now leading them, which is so beyond my wildest dreams, because like you said, now the, the, the not the pressure, but now I'm held to like, a, you know, people come to me and look to me for certain things. And it, I love it because I used to be relied on just to be un unreliable. You know, and now I'm relied on to, uh, you know, make people's lives better and make them smile and just, you know, like um, people say my words hit them differently. And then the, my format of how I do it and just the opportunities that are coming in my life from social media, people that I've never met that I might not ever meet, but want to help me on my journey is just a blessing beyond blessings. And I'm blessed and I'm grateful and like, I can't stop smiling, you know, I feel you. Ah, uh, bro, I we got to get together when you come to Boulder. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That that that's guaranteed. And then yeah, if you want to set comments. some things up, all right. Yeah, if you want to set some things up, you know places we can speak. Listen, I get a microphone. I speak in public, man. I was in Cali on the Santa Monica Pier the day before the Super Bowl, speaking about recovery, and then you had the fanatics because that's what I call them, fanatics. You know, with the Jesus stuff. Um, and then you had so many of them, but yet people were coming and standing by me because they're like, yo, finally, someone not talking about, you know, Jesus in that sense. I would mention yeah. God, but I would mention it like how I started it off with you. I'm not pushing it on you guys. I'm just letting you know that's what helped me. And then once I say spirituality is a relationship with reality, then people start to understand it a little more. But then I'm able to bring them in because then they start hearing the God fact. Like, I'm not going to push it on people. But like... It, it, it's the, the relationship where we are just get people drawn in and the more they're around you the more you grow on them you know what i'm saying and if that's what's gonna happen that's what's gonna happen you know what i'm saying like i found them i'm happy i found them like i'm a satisfied customer like they say my <laughs> subscription is paid you know what i'm saying like he there's no other explanation I tried this my way. You want to stay universe. He talks about energy in the Bible as well and stuff like that. But like, if you, if that's, he's so great and merciful, you could call him higher power. You could call him whatever it is, but the, everyone that's has their life that's better. They're praying to something before they go to bed. And that's what it is. It's the praying. He just wants you to talk to him. Like what, what father wouldn't want you to talk to him and just say thank you to stuff. 
One person is like, well, he's egotistical. How do you even know he's egotistical? Because he wants to praise? Then what did you want praise if you helped somebody make their life better? Wouldn't it feel good if someone said thank you? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's all it is. It's just make sure you say thank you when people help you, you know? And that's that's the that's the greatest gift of somebody helping you because they want to help you. Yeah. And you know, okay. That's that's a brilliant frame for spirituality, that it's your yeah, that your relationship to a higher power is your relationship to life. It's your yes, how you're plugged in. It's your connection. It's the yeah. and it's the intimacy with which you do it. And I think that's like what being in recovery or living in a different way is what you're talking about. The leaning in instead of leaning away from life, we 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 learn to lean in to trust that we can lean in. Yeah. Because yeah. he created everything. Everything's created by God. Like this world is perfect. Look at the animals. Like everything that he created works together. Ants build together. Bees make honeys together. Birds flock together. Lions hunt together. So why would we be any different with social beings by nature? But with the, the opportunity of free will, you know what I'm saying? Us to make our, because lions are going to be lions every day for the rest of their lives. Humans get the opportunity to be different things. You know what I'm saying? And that's the beauty that he gave us, that opportunity. But the more we, we break away from each other, we'll never become the person that we he created and we're predetermined whatever he wanted us to be was already determined before we were even born so don't think because your life is horrible or something you're cursed by god it was predetermined your life my where i am today was predetermined i had to go through what i had to go through to be able to help the amount of people i want to help in life i want to help people on the mass level so i'm gonna have to go through more pain than people i'm gonna have to endure more than other people i'm gonna have to cry more than other so i could say i know how you feel so i could understand your hurt so I could help you with your pain. I'm going to have to go through more because I want that responsibility. So once I want it, he's going to give me what I want, but you just got to be careful what you ask for because life is going to test you on how bad you want the things you say you want. So just be a little careful what you ask for these days. You know, and I, I, uh, I don't necessarily pray. You know what okay. I mean? Like I, I'm not I'm not one of those kind of people. I don't get on my knees. I don't, you know, I don't be your father or anything like that. I have a, ever since I read the shack the first time, I don't know if you ever read the shack uh, in no. my head. I call, I call God Papa. Uh, okay. So like, but it's, it's just a conversation, you know, That's if it. I'm not talking to somebody else, I'm probably talking to God in my head, you know what I mean? And like, so I believe that there is a piece of God, you know, like, a, like, Imagine that your soul is the brightest candle in the universe, right? Like you could light up any room. You might even light up like a stadium, right? But your light when you're with God is like the candle on the surface of the sun. That candle can never experience its own light until it leaves the surface of the sun and is able to go out and shine elsewhere. Oh, okay. I, I, believe that. That that, I believe that that's how we are as humans. I don't think this is a one-shot deal. I think that before we come into this life, we actually sit down. Like, I mean, this is how I envision it. Yeah. <laughs> how it happens. But like, we sit down with God and like, God's like, okay, what do you want to do this time? And it's like, well, like, this is how I look at my life, right? This is one of the perspectives that I give my life. In this life, I was born into an abusive, neglectful, sexually traumatic childhood. 
I believe that life is like a choose your own adventure that you go through the first couple chapters until you're about somewhere in puberty area that you make a decision that you're taking the reins. Like from that point on, you're making a life choice that sets the frame for whatever's coming after. So you get to the part of the book, but choose your own adventure. It says to go to in the cave, turn to this page to mm-hmm. go around the cave, turn to this page. So when I was 12 years old and my stepmom tried to hit me with a board and I fought back, that was me taking control of my story. That's when I chose my own adventure. I think that we, I think in my last life, I look at it as like, okay, my last life, I was like a drug dealing pedophile wife beater. So that was the experience and perspective I left and carried with me after that life. So this time when I came and I was like, okay, so I was the abuser last time. Let's see what it's like to be the abused this time. Let's okay. see where that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I believe that we go through this over and over and over again until we finally reach a spiritual, a level of spirituality that we either choose not to come back into this life. Like they talk about karma. We get past our karma, we live through our karma. And we either choose to come back and be somebody like a Gandhi or a Martin Luther King or a Muhammad or somebody like that, you know, or not necessarily Jesus, but somebody like that, you yeah. know, and be a light in the world, not just to a couple people. You know what I mean? Like this could be your shot, man. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> seriously, dude, you're blowing up, bro. And I'm happy for you. Yeah. Like I'm so Thank happy you. for you. And I, oh, amazing. that's the only thing that you said that I disagree with. The drugs are not going to be fucking fun no matter how much you do or when you do them anymore okay. because you have a new perspective on life. When I was sober for that five years, it fucked me up for getting high forever. It made me feel worse to get high the first time because I knew. I knew that my misery was waiting for me in full. I knew that the whole time I was not using that my addiction is doing push-ups. It's on the weight pile. It's doing pull-ups. It's getting stronger. It's getting more manipulative, more nefarious, trying to find ways in. So when you go, when I relapsed, it was like, I was like, oh my God, everything I ever thought about myself was true. There was nothing fun about it. So get that out of your head. There is no no fun at all waiting for you. It is 100% what you left behind times 10. So that's the only thing you said that that I was like, nope, he's not right there. (laughs) And, and you know what? The, the, the greatest gift I've learned about life is, uh, and it's a freedom, is that I could be wrong. And the fact that I could be wrong has opened up so many doors because I had all the answers to all the wrong questions. Now I'd rather have questioned my answers to have answers to questions. So like I actually appreciate being wrong because there was a lot of things I said about myself that I was wrong about in the past, things saying I can't do this and all that stuff. And I'm so happy that I was wrong about myself. So I actually appreciate because I learn more from people that have a difference of opinion than people that actually share the same opinion of me because they allow my mind to now open up to other things. Because the the ego is severely hurt. How do we kill the ego? With suffering. And I suffered a lot. You know, so my ego is now starting to be destroyed. You know, like I don't have an ego today because I allowed the suffering to do what it was meant to do. Help me grow instead of make me think that I needed the ego to cover these, you know, don't cry. Don't show emotions. That's the real, you know what I'm saying, tragedy. 
the tragedy is not expressing yourself. Like I, you know, what I'm saying, I don't. You could judge me all you want. Judge me on how I get up, or how, and then instead of how I fall, or go kick rocks. Because when I take the backyard and I make it my front porch, I don't judge myself no more. Because what are you gonna say? I'm gonna tell you who I am before you even get to know anything. And if you can't accept who I was, you don't get to find out who I am today. Because you don't get to earn, you don't get that privilege unless you could accept who I was back then. Because that you don't get one without the other. So now you know, like if you're only about who I am today, then you really don't know me. Then you really don't love me. Because you're gonna have to love that part of me. Because that part of me is what made me who I am today. I love that part of me. I'm not proud of that part of me. I appreciate that part of me because it was necessary for me to get to where I am today. I ain't proud of it, but I'm not ashamed of it either. Yes, yes. My, my checkered past is one of my most prized possessions. Mm-hmm. 100%. But change a fucking thing. Well, Me man, uh, dude, it was so good having you. And yes, I absolutely want to come on and do some lives with you, bro. Like, I want to yeah. we, we talk more, bro. You know what I mean? 100. I'm gonna I'm gonna text you my cell phone number as soon as we get off. Uh, my my partners they live in Cali. I'll reach out to them. We just moved into a new house in Cali, so they're like they're getting everything together. I'm still here mailing shit over. Um, I'm definitely gonna get you on the app. We do virtual events through the app, so that'd be another way for us to go live. You know, they got something called StreamYard, so we could be yeah. live on different platforms at once: the YouTube, the Instagram, all at once, so we can bring it all together. Um, I'll send you my uh, my TikTok handles, and in this way, you can friend me. Uh, we're ready friends on Instagram. Tag me on all the stuff that you do. I'll send you my Facebook thing. Tag me so then I can then start reposting it. Start letting people know that you're, you know what I'm saying, you're part of the team, that, you know what I'm saying, that people need help, reach out. Um, but, yeah, we'll get it slow motion beyond God's time. So, you know, slow motion. Everything is on his time. Uh, yeah. Man, well, uh, just for the people listening, why don't you tell them how, where they can find you? Sure, no problem. So uh, again, Mike Fury, CEO, founder of Inspire to Inspire and the Sober app. Uh, on Instagram, it's Mike, M-I-K-E, Fiore, F-I-O-R-E, 118. On TikTok, it's Inspire, the number two, Inspire underscore. And on uh, Facebook, it's just Michael Fiore. So uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I really believe God brings people in our life to help us further on our journey. I think that's why you and I have been brought together. Uh, I look forward to our relationship. I look forward to building with you. I look forward to saving lives with you too, because that's what we're definitely going to do, man. That's what we're doing, bro. We're going to get the, the trenches and save them. That's the goal. Yeah. Get, everybody, get everybody reconnected the way we're supposed yeah. to be. And once I get to Cali, I'll definitely be out there in Colorado before I know and we'll definitely do some work. You know, I love doing events for the homeless and stuff like that with my nonprofit. I'm just learning how to use the 501c3 number. I got a lot of investors and sponsors, like I said, I couldn't even make up half the shit that's going on in my life. So I just kind of just stay quiet and just let it happen these days. All right. That's awesome. All right, All right brother. Well, man, it was great having you. And we will Thank definitely you. talk again soon. Definitely. Thank you. Namaste. Right, man. Namaste, Take man. Care. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, we know some of the subjects and topics that we can talk about on this show can be triggering. So if anything that we talked about or anything on this show or any of the others has triggered you or brought up any kind of emotions or you just need some help, um, please feel free to reach out to us on the podcast website, nolovepodcast.com, or follow any of the links in the show notes. You're not alone. Help us out there.
Um, if you like the show, we could really use the support. Um, give us a follow. It doesn't cost anything. Give us a thumbs up or a like. Uh, if you really want to support the show, you can support us on Patreon for complete unedited before and after shows and additional content. Thank you guys. Namaste. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.